roll today on You know, when you said, Jake, do you have an opening line? And I said, no, you said you had one. And you're asking me, I like, say, I would know what you're going to say. And I didn't. Come on. Of course, it's right, Barrel of Roll. You're right. right? I should have fucking got I didn't, that. Yeah. I actually didn't think of that either. Yeah, I, I should have gotten that. All right. Welcome, everybody. Another week of Press B to Cancel, your favorite retro gaming podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to be discussing Star Fox, specifically the Super Nintendo versus the N64 version. But I think we, uh, I think Wolf has played Star Fox Zero in the past, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'm your host this week, Jake. But I'm not alone. No, I brought in uh, three wingmen. Uh, starting off with uh, Fox McLeod himself, Werewolf. How you doing this week? I'm doing my best. Andros isn't having his way with me. <laughs> well, not in this movie. And also joined by uh, Peppy Hare, Sinistar. How are you doing this week? Good. I wish you'd quit shooting me, though. <laughs> Please stop stealing my target. And a quick shot. Bit of an asshole. Falco. Oh, hi, Chard. How are you doing this week? <laughs> it was either that or Slippy. This one's mine, Jake. <laughs> no, I was just quoting the game. Please continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, I love Star Fox on the N64, mm -hmm. and I've been wanting to play the, the Star Fox on the Super Nintendo for years. <laughs> for years. And I always try, and I usually fail in the first five minutes of the game. So I really wanted, I really did want to contrast the two games and whether one still holds up or not in today's day, right? So I'm going to start off with, I guess, let's just break it down. We'll keep it orderly. And just talk about maybe the graphics of both the games. Obviously, they're N64 is N64. It looks better. But when we look at the Super Nintendo Star Fox and its graphics, I think it used the um, the FX chip, right? Did anybody look up the FX yes. chip? Does anybody want to talk uh, about that a little bit and how that was really cool? I um, I didn't look it up, but I did watch. I swear it was like Gaming Historian or somebody in that in that group that did a uh history of star fox and if i remember right it was it was a it was a third-party developer that um i think they wanted to use it for something else and then they ended up um you know uh basically partnering with with nintendo to make a game and add this chip in um and I think it's also used in one of your favorite games, Donkey Kong Country, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Was it? I don't think it was that. Spitballing here. I don't think so. Um, it was used in Star Fox, Dirt Racer, Dirt Tracks FX, Stunt Race FX, or Wild Tracks, right. as it's known in some regions, uh, Vortex, Doom, Super hmm. Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, and Winter Gold. Winter Gold. Winter Gold. So yeah, Yoshi's okay. Island 2. Yeah, I think it used it because of the this extra scaling ability it had in that game. Yeah, the sprite scaling was kind of off the charts in that game. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the game we won't talk about, but the scaling was cool. Right. So it was like a it was a custom chip that was used in a, in a handful of Super Nintendo games, and it really did 
bring something special to the graphics power of the console, something that was never really replicated on the Genesis. I mean, the, the closest they got was um, virtual racing. And as much as I love virtual racing, and I do. Uh, blast processing, son. Let's not mess with it. Look, I might admit it. Again, you and I agree on so many things. I'm a Genesis kid too, Chart. I love Genesis just as much as you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it didn't have the power of the FX chip. So, but we should talk about, um, I know we did an episode a long time ago. And Stunt Race FX came up. And my complaint against that game was the frame rate was abysmally like terrible. It was just chunky. It was slow. It was sluggish. I didn't like it at all. Although I think Wolf, you disagreed with me and you liked that game. How did you feel about Star Fox? Because to me, Star Fox's frame rate is pitifully low. Um. Okay, so I'm probably in the minority in general here. I was never a big fan of Star Fox on the Super Nintendo. The tech was cool. Like, I thought the tech was cool as hell, but I thought the gameplay was kind of slow. I was never much of a shooter player anyway. Like, I didn't much care for Gradius and R-Type and things like that. Um, there's a handful of games in those styles that I like, but and I know Star Fox is an on-rails shooter instead of a shmup, but it's similar-ish. And I don't know, it. it, it <laughs> playing it this week... It kind of reminded me of Space Harrier, Space Harrier, but slower. Hmm. <laughs> and I'm probably going to get hate I, yeah. for that too. But uh, no, I definitely, I can, I can see. I like, I like the but, Super Nintendo Star Fox, but I, I can definitely see that. But yeah, I, it's, it's not for me, and that's why I'm not a fan of it. Um, but like technolo- technologically speaking, it was awesome. It was a massive leap forward for the Super Nintendo specifically. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I played the crap out of uh, Stunt Race FX, which used that same chip. The chip wouldn't really be there if it weren't for Star Fox, right? So. Yeah. I like the concept and the, and like the third person view and the, and the mobility of the game. Now, I mean, polygons were kind of i don't want to say unheard of but it felt like it was kind of an unheard of thing outside of the arcades right you had like virtual right. fighter and and things like that that had like the, the more polygon kind of look and now you have this on your home console at home i was a big tie fighter x-wing player mm-hmm. on the pc I, I loved those games growing up now i know that this was i think probably a little bit before all this all that or maybe around the same time i'm not sure i, I don't have probably my around the same time yeah. But I like I like now this is a rail shooter while those other ones were more open space doing flips and stuff. But you could do you could do a barrel roll in this. You can do the backflips and do the dodging and and you you could lose your wing and and there was some really cool aspects to it that I thought was was really awesome. So I mean the frame rate thing didn't bother me. That I never was really that observant, I guess as a kid playing it. I was just flying a jet, shooting shit down and I thought it was kind of neat. Um, playing it, playing it back. I was playing it on my Steam Deck before when we were discussing doing this episode again. Um, and I forgot how freaking difficult it is, but we are spoiled. Hard, I yeah. mean, we're definitely spoiled these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from you know all the nice, nice new stuff in Star Six Sixty Four, which we'll get into a little bit, is obviously a very well polished version of this particular game. But I have nothing but mad respect, and I do really still like Star Fox, even though I was having some trouble in the asteroid field. I still really enjoyed playing this game. So this this one's high on the list for me. By the way, I looked it up. Uh, Star Wars X-Wing, 
and uh, Star Fox were the same year. Uh, oh, see, oh, nice. So <laughs> to give you to give you kind of a, a, a concept, the like we had Polygon games on PC, and the consoles had not really brought them to light until the Super FX chip. Right? I mean, that's that was really the the problem that we had with the, the consoles at the time is they were still sprite based. I mean, everything mm -hmm. was sprite based, right? And so this this yeah. kind of this kind of bridged that gap. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and really brought it to the console. Yeah, I mean, you didn't really get polygons properly until Saturn and and PS One, right? So this is definitely ahead right. of its time. I just wish right the performance was better. <laughs> That's my only thing. I, when I try playing this, I know offline, we, I mentioned like I found it sluggish and I think Sinistar, you mentioned how, you know, it, not everything was 60 frames per second back then. I thought everything was, but I, I'm probably thinking rose tinted glasses when I played retro. Yeah, you were saying like 29. Well, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's interlaced 29.97 per interlace. So really for a full frame, you are getting <laughs> roughly 60 frames, but it's half frames, right? So your eye is doing the right. translation. So really you're actually seeing 30 as it were. Um, so yeah, but the thing is, is even at 30 frames, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go back on what I was saying when we were talking in Marco Polo's before this episode and really kind of say Star Fox is slow. It really genuinely is. Uh, it's, right. it's not a frame rate or it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, the television issue, it's not 30 frames. It's probably closer to 15 frames, honestly. And at 15 frames, the human eye. Yeah. You can see frames for sure. Pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. So it's not cinematic. <laughs> that's right. So. That's right. Um, and then, and then I think the other thing that kind of comes out and I love this game as well, but for me, it's probably the nostalgia tinted glasses. Um, because I had a super Nintendo, like that was kind of my first console was a super Nintendo because my little brother was young enough that my parents got him a console. You know, they hated us playing video games. And then my little brother came around, he's 10 years younger than I am and they got him the console. And so, um, you know, it's a little bit of the rose tinted glasses, but I would also say, I really feel like there was additional delay introduced from the controls talking to the F the super FX chip. Right. And so I think, I think you have the, the delay of 15 frames per second, but I think you're also even at 15 frames per second, I think you're still talking like two frames of response time. Right. I mean, so that's a lot. Right. Um, and so really, I think the way that we got good at this game was rep repetition, right? Okay. I know what's coming up. Right. I've got to do a barrel roll here. <laughs> Right. But I mean, it's the same thing as if you're playing a platformer, right? It's sure. all about memorization. It's Battletoads, right? It's memorizing yeah. what's set up. Now, I know this is obviously not even the same like vein as a platformer, right? Like, like it's a totally different play style. But I mean, it's all about memorizing what's coming up next. They were still using that same kind of play style of, well, we'll just have them keep running the thing over and then they'll memorize the level and then you can move on from there. Um, I found that once I played it a couple extra times, it was like, oh yeah, I remember this guy comes out here. This guy comes out here. It's like radius. It's like, it's going to be the walking to, thing. To a broad type, yeah. right. Uh -huh. You know, they're coming. Yeah. It's, you just need to, to plan ahead for it and then play it. It's just all in third and first person views in the game instead of yeah. the side shmup scroller. No. It's still a shmup essentially. Yeah. But it's just not, it's, it's just not like bullet perspective. for shmup. Now right, I, exactly. I want to bring up one thing that, that I like literally just came into my head. 
and that is the end boss music. Not the end boss, but like stage boss music, right? That's that da da like and yeah. Every time like that that kind of has tingles for me a little bit. Like that was that was a that was big. That was big for me. Yeah. We'll get to music. Don't uh, oh, trust me. Music is a big part of why I like the, these games. Um, so I guess you know, frame rate aside, I do I do like the design of the ships. I like that polygon style. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of like Tron, for example. I, I really do like the style of it. Plus, the character designs of, of all the wingmates is really cool. It's not polygons. It's you know, it's actual sprites. The presentation is really cool. It's it looks really good. I just the frame rate's a little slow. I mean, we're watching the gameplay and, and the reaction now. of the control. Yeah, and the controller sluggish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I forgot that because that's how bad I am at this game when I was playing this week. <laughs> In the asteroid level, you actually have the, the first person view. I get a first ship view from behind the cockpit. Yeah, that's actually I, really I, rad. I, I that thought looks I was really good. something. I was like, how do I get out of first person? I don't want to be in first person. <laughs> then I was like, oh wait, that's right. They force you into first person. Right. For right. <laughs> But it's neat though, and I like right. the asteroids how they explode, and it's a pixel explosions are actually really solid. Like it's, it's really cool. It is a really cool look. So, um, so I want to switch over to the flip side there on the N sixty four version of Star Fox, which, despite it being obviously a different console generation, there's definitely a lot of the style from the SNES game brought over to the N64, right? The ships are still very much rudimentary polygons, right? They look better, obviously, but they're very much inspired by the original game. And even the enemy designs look very similar. The shots have that same shape to them. And I think it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty rad. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the N64 version of Star Fox? Did you guys have a chance to play this one at all? I, I did not, but I wanted to point out one thing. You said earlier that the Saturn and the, and the PlayStation were really kind of where polygons started. Nintendo 64 was really where Polygon started, honestly. So, or not, well, poly- yeah, Polygons. So, I mean, really, I don't think that there, I think that there's kind of a secondary sprite mechanism on the 64, and it was really meant to be rendered Polygons. So I'm trying to think, like, the Saturn was the first console that could do 3D, I think, right? I know that many of the games just went with sprites anyway, but I think it was technically the first. And I'm trying to remember PlayStation yeah, and N64 it- when they released... Uh, I'm pretty sure Saturn was first to market of the three. Was it? Yeah. Because yeah, like, Saturn beat PlayStation to market by six months or something, or maybe it was three. I don't know. And then um, N64 came out after both of those, I believe. Okay. I think so. Well, then for some reason in my brain, the 64 was always was always first out of those three for some reason in my in my mind palace. Well, the thing with Saturn is when I think 3D graphics, popular. bug is what pops up in my my head, and nobody likes bug. <laughs> <laughs> bug was okay. Oh, it was awful. But anyway, or I mean, six, Dragoon the was on Saturn. Was and that widely okay. more popular. Like the 64 was widely more popular than the Saturn at the time, right? Oh, everything was oh, yeah. more popular than the Saturn. Yeah, I'm, right. <laughs> so that's probably why we're always like, when did the Saturn? come? When did that thing hit? I don't even remember. I was Saturn so was hung up on Mario sixty four and all that. Other Saturn stuff. was ninety four in Japan yeah. and ninety five in, in America, yeah. and yeah. the sixty four was ninety six. So yeah, well, weird. Yeah, crazy. Um, anyway. So yeah, so the graphics in and sixty four version of Star Fox, I think, obviously the frame rate's a hell of a lot better. It's a lot more of a smoother yeah. experience. Oh, yeah. 
right? The, the graphics look great. There's textures. I've always been a big fan of, of the N64's uh, 3D models compared to right. PlayStation and Saturn. I, I, I like PlayStation games, don't get me wrong, but I always found the, the jaggies were too much, right? The, the angles on, on polygons were, were awful. They were a lot smoother on jaggies. N64. Jaggies, well, that's because the N64 had the, the built-in anti-aliasing in the hardware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely nicer. The one negative, though, is the freaking fog is awful. I mean, it's yeah. awful in a lot of N64 oh. games, but it's particularly bad. In yeah, N64 games have a very distinct look. Like, I, honestly, I wonder... you could probably look at the same game on multiple platforms, and if one of them is N64, you could probably easily tell which one is N64, yeah. right? Right. I got <laughs> to wonder if, like, they gave developers, like, you know, add fog is like a literally like a line of code <laughs> on the 64, and every developer's like, Sweet, we're done. Make, make blurry, button. yeah. <laughs> soften, hard soften. <laughs> like so. uh, to to its credit, there's certain levels where it kind of fits. There's there's a few planets where where like they're underwater or they're like a lava planet where the fog is almost atmospheric and it kind of works. But the opening stage on Canaria, it's like this beautiful paradise green fields planet, but on the N64, it's got foggy weather, <laughs> right? Um, in terms Maybe of graphics, there's yeah, there is um one level early on in the N64 version. I don't think there's an equivalent on on the Super Nintendo, where basically straight up Independence Day, this flying mothership eventually flies under the screen. Hundreds of ships are flying out of it, and you got to I'm hitting my mic again. Hundreds of ships are flying out of the mothership, and you got to take them down. And eventually, you got to go and hit the core. That whole sequence. I don't know if you guys have seen video of that before is just wildly done so well on the N64. And I haven't seen anything quite like that. Um, this I've, game compared I've to the SNES that. does have some open areas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it <laughs> that's something worth talking about is the N64 introduced the, uh, oh my gosh, what are the tanks called? The land, Landmaster oh, or Land Rover? Landmaster. Or... That's what it was. Landmaster yeah. tanks. And it introduced what the game calls all range mode where it, right. instead of going on the rail, you were in an open field where you could turn around, do U-turns, things like that. And mm. that was pretty cool. Both of those things were pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a cool aspect in some of the boss battles where you're playing, you know, you're playing around. So you're f- literally flying around it. Like we just saw that one boss fight that you literally played on the, on the YouTube. It, it felt neat. You felt like you were in a real dog fight instead of being on the line and just, being forced to go wherever you're going, you could you could do a backflip and and turn the whole screen around and then come back in for another another run at a boss. I thought that added to that extra that extra oomph in the game of playing the yeah you know playing the fighter pilot. Yeah, I definitely like the all range mode. The dog fighting sequences are really cool. And there's a few stages where you you have people actually getting in your tail and you have to do the flip around them and the view changes. It's really really rad. So I think graphic yeah. wise, I think I think they're both fantastic. My only issue again is the is the frame rate with the SNES version, but I think both look really great. In terms of like N sixty four games that compare graphic wise, I think Star Fox stands really high up the list. This is one of my favorite games on the system, to be honest with you. I, I yeah, I, I think the majority of my experience with Star Fox sixty four was the multiplayer mode. I only I only played a little bit of that. 
Actually. I I had a few friends who were super into this game, and so we would get together. And if it wasn't Mario Kart sixty four, it was Star Fox sixty four multiplayer. And you know, you put in the cheat so that you could also play as the, you know, the character instead of one of the vehicles. Mm. And <laughs> I forgot about that actually. So you're on the ground as a as a natural character shooting up, right? Right. You've got like so this like cannon on your shoulder that you're running around with, and you can either be the landmaster tank, the R wing, or whatever character you're playing as, just hoofing it and trying not to get bombed to hell, you know? <laughs> yeah, I never, we never, I never did play the multiplayer. I remember the tanks and stuff, though. The tanks were fun. I thought adding that extra vehicle into the game added that spice to you know to the different levels so you wanted to go on a different path so you can use one of the other terrain vehicles and that, that was a cool uh, addition to the to the game itself well the n64 also had a uh, a submarine i remember the submarine level i think you had two stages like that where you had to go under where you're underwater basically because everybody loves underwater levels in these games yeah hate them all right i hate them like tuna and my mac and cheese you have not lived, sir, until you've had cheddar cheese on your tuna casserole. I, I just don't know what else to say. Like, maybe we should add a recipe book to the Presby Discord and talk about recipes. And like, I'll Hot give you Dr. all the Pepper. facts on tuna uh, cuisine. Presby to cancel. Presby to cancel this recipe. <laughs> Presby to casserole. Oh, Je- <laughs> Jeff Presby. mentioned that the. All range mode was technically introduced in Star Fox 2, but the game was never released. Uh, it's worth mentioning that that game was canceled at 95% completion because of the release of Saturn and PlayStation and with the 3D shooters cut like Panzer Dragoon. Star Fox yeah. 2 would not have visually measured up to those games. And so that's why it got canned at 95%, which is kind of wild. No it's a trip. That's the one that, that was true. released on the the um uh the switch so um, classic whatever the sli- yeah right it's yeah it's on both the switch online service and this little guy yeah this nest classic yeah <laughs> classic. I never did get around to playing that is it improved on the frame it's, rate or is it the same as the first game I don't remember how the frame rate was but I have tried it. Um, and this is actually a good segue into talking about Star Fox Zero as well, because Star Fox Zero went and took and implemented the, the Walker or Strider, whatever they called it, um, where the R-Wing transforms into a mech that walks, right? And that comes from Star Fox 2, but since Star Fox 2 hadn't been officially released, they were like, well, let's use that this time, right? So... (laughs) So they they incorporated that into Star Fox Zero, and it was a really cool and interesting gameplay style that changed it up from the Landmaster and the R-Wing quite a bit. Um, And going back and trying that in Star Fox 2, it was actually pretty strong in Star Fox 2 as well. Like, obviously, it looked like Star Fox, where, you know, it's a handful of polygons representing this mech, but it's (laughs) it was it was still pretty neat. So Star Fox Zero was the the Wii U version of Star Fox, right? Yes, Star Fox Zero was the second reboot of the franchise. 
<laughs> I thought yeah, that there was one should... on, wasn't there one on the GameCube? There, there were a couple of games on GameCube. I believe it was Star Fox Assault, which was actually mm. uh, a new story within Star Fox universe. And then Star Fox Adventures, which was more of a Zelda-like that was just like, here, have a little bit of Star Fox in the opening and for the end boss and all these upgrades that you yeah. get throughout the game and all the gameplay loop you play through throughout the game don't matter for the final boss. That's because Star Fox Adventure was based on, I think it was called Dinosaur Planet. It was a whole totally yeah. different game. And then they they basically scrapped it and put Star Fox on top of it. That's where we got mm. Crystal from. Crystal and Dinosaur Planet looks all quite a bit different than what we got in Star Fox Adventure. I have not played very much of that game, but it's definitely drastically different. I, I liked it, it. I know it gets a lot of hate. It was it was a cheesy story, like the the Prince Triceratops character that wanders around with you. It, he he verges between comical in his presentation and obnoxious. So, <laughs> so uh, maybe we can talk but, about uh, characters then, because he's obnoxious. How would you compare how would he compare to Slippy? I fucking hate um, Slippy. You know what? Everybody Dealing with Slippy. uh oh, what was his name? I don't remember what the character's name was, the prince in Star Fox Adventures, but he was less obnoxious than Falco and Slippy. Yeah. Falco and Slippy just annoy the crap out of me constantly. <laughs> Yeah, I, wow. I could not stand Slippy, how every time he fly because occasionally in Star Fox, one of your wingmates will fly into the screen. Often you end up shooting the damn guy, but half of them, they're flying on the screen and you're supposed to save them by taking the guy in their six. And Slippy's more often than not, seems to show up on the screen and need your help. And he's just, his voice was always aggravating. And that's why, that's one area where the Super Nintendo, I kind of prefer, it didn't have voices. It had kind of the <laughs> made up voices. <laughs> Exactly, mm-hmm. and it sounds the okay, but in the N64 version, they actually voiced all the characters, and I can't stand his, his Yeah, voice. You couldn't, I mean, you could put faces to names now, or faces to voices, it was cool. I mean, we <laughs> wouldn't have such great lines as, do a barrel roll, <laughs> or well, an opener for this episode, for that matter. I mean, yeah. we, we could have done good luck, that was in both of them. That was good. <laughs> I know that <laughs> line. Well, looking, I mean, it looking doesn't even at, sound like anything. It's <laughs> looking at my uh, <laughs> my mind palace here. It looks like uh, it looks like the GameCube actually got two Star Fox games: Star Fox Adventures and then Star Fox Assault. And yeah, Star Fox I mentioned. Oh, I remember Assault. Yeah, yeah. yeah it we'll looks it looks uh, yeah. it looks awfully Star Foxish. From from the image, yeah. yeah. From what I understand, uh, Assault was a decent game and it was reviewed well, but there was like almost no fanfare behind its release. I honestly don't know anybody who played the game, like yeah, in person. I don't, I don't know anybody who played it, and I learned about it well after its release. So, like, it was. It just it was an under the radar release for some reason, except for people who were probably the biggest of Star Fox fans mm. who were really paying attention to the release schedule for it. You know, mm. uh, it looks like uh, looking at the the reception uh, it talks about how the um, apparently there's there's some ground missions where you are on foot, and I guess the controls were pretty poor. Ah, 
Yeah. So, but for a game like Star Fox, as long as the flying is solid, I mean, that should be the meat of any Star Fox game, Star Fox Adventure, notwithstanding. I agree. But, um, I did want to mention about. Can you imagine? We were, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, can you imagine Star Fox playing as one of the characters, like the actual people, and it looking like Space Harrier? How funny that shit would look like. Like if Star Fox had a jetpack and he's flying around doing the Space Harrier thing, I would be, I'd be like, wow, okay, guys, we're running out of ideas. <laughs> Sounds like a ROM hack idea for me. <laughs> um, so, so put it on the wheel Fox, of pain. Put it on the wheel of pain. Yeah, there's, there's so much on that wheel of pain. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Star Fox on the SNES, and then it's kind of retold in the N64 version, only no. to be retold again in Star Fox Zero. So I, I find that interesting. I know it's not the first game franchise for Nintendo's done this. Like Nintendo, I mean, realistically, what's a story in Zelda half the time? Half the time, it's the same idea, right? It's the hero yeah. saving Zelda, defeating Ganon. They reuse a lot uh, Mario. of the same ideas. Final Fantasy, you know, same idea, right? So Mario, how many times have you saved Princess Peach? I mean, you know, yeah. Peaches, right. peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> we love you, Jack Black. Notable listener of the podcast. So, I I actually have something I wonder about because I do remember learning about Fox's father in earlier games, um, James McLeod, but he was a very big part of the plot for Star Fox Zero. He was in the N64 version a little bit. But not not a whole lot. He was almost. I think he was almost hidden. I think you had to do something to unlock him in the last level. I thought. Oh really? Because um, yeah. in in zero, like he's kind of a major driving plot point in the story, and he gets brought up a few times, and then at the end, he's literally talking to Fox, hmm. and like he's voice acted and talking to him and everything. And telling you which way to go through this labyrinth as you're approaching Andros. Hmm. Yeah, that was in the N64 version too. How do you let me check was the Rhyme Palace? Because I, I never yeah, he beat was, the N64 You had to do something one, to get so. him. Hmm. I thought the, I thought the end. Yeah. Well, there's the there's this the wolf guy. I know him like the rival, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but I he was in I it thought, as well. I thought the end of the nest of the nest version was was the same as the 64 just obviously beautified like madness it wasn't a weird face you were actually fighting andros's face instead of just the weird polygonal silver face that was supposed to be andros um because i always looked at 64 honestly as star fox remastered like hmm. in my in my opinion because it was there were obviously some new additions and new some aspects to the to the two games but they were almost literally the same thing with more beef to it. You know what I mean? Or just more more added the the all arrange mode, the the different vehicles. But it still did. You were still started in the same place, you still ended in the same place, and you were still going yeah. after the same thing. And much of the bosses are very similar except for whatever aspects or attributes that you did differently. They definitely heavily pull from the Super Nintendo design of bosses and enemies and layouts but there are differences so i just looked it up um so star Trek 64 does have james uh fox in it if you depending on the path you take in the n64 version uh if it says here if you fought at area six or bolts wherever that is 
But I know if you take a different path, he does yeah, show that up might have been what it when you're was. on Planet Venom and when you're escaping the planet because it's blowing up, he helps you get through it. So he is in the game as a cameo if mm. you unlock it. Yeah. But you're right, Wolf. He's definitely more central, looks like, in Zero, which is interesting. Again, they're, they're taking, I think you mentioned offline, they're taking the N64 plot, which is expanded from the original SNES version, and they're expanded even further yeah. in Zero. And I... I I talk a lot of shit about Star Fox Zero and I tell people about it. But honestly, I don't think it was that terrible of a game. I think what made it bad was the shoehorned Wii gamepad controls. It literally yes. required the gamepad. It required two screens. You mm. had to pay attention to both screens to know what the hell was going on at all times. And it was stupid. So and you could swap which one was which. Yeah, basically, you could swatch which you could swap which one was which. So you could have you know the R wing flying around on your TV, and then you could see what the first person scope on the gamepad, or you could swap it. So not only are you targeting with the first person scope, but you're also steering to avoid stuff and dodge ships and bullets and all that. You're like on gunner the other and screen. pilot at the so same it's, time. Yes, it's too <laughs> yeah. much for Awful. one person, and that yeah. was the problem. Yeah. I actually think it would have been a great game had they sort of meshed the two and let you, you know, choose one style or the other for your controls and let that be that. But the fact that you have to do two screens through it is what's frustrating for that game. There's Otherwise, a- it was a strong game mechanically, uh, visually. And the story actually had me interested. I cared, right? <laughs> There's a picture of uh, uh, Miyamoto uh, on the Wikipedia page for for Star Fox Zero. And there's there's the screen in front of him. And he's literally holding the gamepad up, like next <laughs> to the screen. I think it just matches exactly what you're talking about. I think you just basically play the game like this. <laughs> yes, you do. I was doing that. And at the time, I had a 40-inch TV mounted on my wall to play it, right? So I had to sit back in my chair, and I'm like... <laughs> like early VR. It's, it's, it's immersive. Like It was so stupid, because I'm like, back and forth, just rapid eye movement, back and forth to both monitors, trying to make out what's happening. Yeah, whiplash is, playing that. Yeah. Yeah. That was my biggest gripe with yeah. that game, but it, it, it you're not alone. It was that. a nice, it, it, it made good strides <laughs> forward from what the N64 version was aside from that. <laughs> it definitely looks cool. I mean, I've never played zero myself, but I mean, it's only what 2016. It came out. It looks, it looks cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's showing me the Wii pad and the thing on the screen. That is so cumbersome. Um, I know that, you know, obviously Breath of the Wild was released on the Wii U and then, you know, brought to the Switch. And and it has it has all of the Breath of the Wild pieces still in it. Like it talks about the game pad, you know, right? Stuff it's like the that. The Wii U pad, but, yeah. Yeah. But do you I mean, do you think that that's the reason that Star Fox Zero never came to the Switch? Is I think it's that? Or, yeah, I well. think it would be too hard for them to port it. I don't think we'll ever see Star Fox Zero again, honestly. Okay. That's a shame. I, I think it would be cool if they figured out a way to do it, but I think it would require too much work on the basic engine that they don't want to put the time and money into, so we won't get it. 
It's even got we'll the We'll probably see a third reboot now. first. This is cool. <laughs> so it uses the little, what are they? Are they Akimbo statues or whatever? Amiibos? Amiibos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Akimbo. I, I got these. I got these in here. I got the Spider-Man one for something yeah. else that I got a while back. But you can you can drop the Star Fox and the Falco characters, and if you actually, you can get the retro wings from the SNES version that are playable in this. That's neat. That's kind of neat. Yeah. If you if you drop them on and do whatever you got to do. So. I'm By the way, total, it's, it's cool. total total aside, since we're talking Amiibos, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie where uh, Bowser is is in his white tux to get married. I have that Amiibo from, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, from, uh, you know, Super Mario Galaxy. I, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I have that Amiibo. That's great. Anyway, total aside. <laughs> so and when it comes to, yeah, so Star Fox Zero, you're not wrong in that take, Wolf. A lot of people hated the motion controls. I mean, I think we've all said before, Nintendo has this problem with trying to shoehorn motion controls into a lot of different games, and it doesn't work in a lot of them. Um, like, I think yeah, they just announced... Yeah. It's one thing to incorporate motion controls as an addition. Like, and Breath of the Wild is a really great example of how it used motion controls without forcing them down your throat, Right. Yeah. Um, because they had to design, they were designing it for two platforms, the Switch and the gate, the Wii U. So they wanted to use the gyro, the little screen, make it to where you're aiming and you can rotate the thing and mm-hmm. it works great. And I mean, I have had a night where I was playing that game on the couch and like upside down and backwards. And my wife's just looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'll puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> but Very the cool. fact that like had Star Fox done something like that, I don't think it would have been so bad because that's how you were aiming in the game was right. rotating the gamepad. But the fact that you had to steer the ship on one monitor and, you know, aim on the other one, it was frustrating. And like I said, you could swap screens. So if you were steering on the little gamepad screen, and aiming on the TV, you're still winging the gamepad around to aim on the TV. But now you're yeah, like does not feel flying good. a glare at your face when mm. you're trying to steer. And <laughs> like I liked I, the Wii gamepad quite a bit. I thought it was it was a lot, it was a really innovative controller. And I know it's a big meme to say everything on the Wii U gets ported to the Switch, but I can see what you're saying where some games just don't work. Like they brought Mario Maker 2 to the Switch. I like it. But the Mario Maker on the Wii U, infinitely better because of that gamepad. Because it's a touchscreen, it was a gamepad. You were using that in front of your lap while you had the big screen in front of you. Like that two-screen display from Mario Maker just made sense. And when they tried to do something different on the Switch, not nearly the same. So there are some games where without dramatic change, I don't think it works. You never know. I mean, they brought Metroid Prime to Switch and they radically changed the controls. So maybe they'll do something with... A Star Fox, but I think you guys are right. They're but, more likely I mean, to reboot it for the fifth time. <laughs> the well, control change uh, isn't that big of a deal because they also did it with uh what? Uh Skyward Sword from the Wii. Yeah. Right. So I, mean, I keep hoping they'll do Twilight Princess for the Switch, honestly, because I still want to play through that game and have it. I just don't want to be wigging around a Wii same. remote. Yeah. But, Question. Question. Yes. First. You're saying that Star Fox Zero will never make it to the Switch? Is that what you're saying? I don't think it will. Are, are you going to tell me they've already announced it? 
I'm going to tell you that in 2020, Star Fox Zero Deluxe is now available on the Switch to play. No kidding. And what? It took then? Away, How the fuck did they do that? It took away the dual screen. It's all done on one screen now. I wonder if it's better. Huh. I was just going what through a bunch they... of Star Fox videos, and it pulled up, and it said 2020 Star Fox coming to coming to Switch. All on one screen. Press me to cancel. Ah. Your home of dedicated research. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff points out uh, that Star Fox Command on the DS used the stylus. I remember trying Star Fox Command on my DS, and I remember that that stylus control like steered me away from it. I, you know, may or may not have had a way to play games on my DS without. Anyway. Um, and so, you know, I had the try before I buy and, um, I remember that I did not like using that stylus control. I, I, I mean, this is, we've gone, we've talked about this where as, as innovative as Nintendo is, I, and I love the innovation. There's also a lot of like, you know, fits and starts as it go, as it were. Um, and I think that the stylus for Star Fox Command was one. It sounds like the dual screen on the Wii U for Star Fox Zero was one. Um, yeah. So honestly, sure I feel like I, I feel like the <laughs> I feel like the Switch controller turning the Switch controller on its side when it's this big in your hands is a failure as well. <laughs> All right. So. Let me let me backtrack just a bit. It's not out yet, but it was announced in 2020 that it was coming out. Mm. And I'm still looking to see uh, if the there's... most recent stuff I've found was in 2022. Um it sounds like the creator, I don't know if that's Miyamoto or not, because this just says creator wants Star Fox Zero switch port. So Yeah, I'm gonna throw this in our Discord. I don't know, it so sounds we... like Maybe because there was um, Ubisoft made a game called Starlink, I believe it was, which was like a, a generic space shooter. But they managed a coup with Nintendo. They got the rights to add Star Fox characters into their game. Starlink was this game where um, there was physical toys. You snap together to build a ship and mm -hmm. scan it into the game. So they actually released a special version with Star Fox parts. You could build the R-Wing in Starlink. And people seemed to like that, seemed to think it was pretty, they dug it. And I know I remember the reviews at the time were like they should have just made this fully Star Fox. So there was that. That was a couple of years ago, but I never did get a chance to play that. I threw the uh, I threw the link in cool links in our Discord so people can go and check it out and see how okay. yeah, legit I, it is. I see that, but uh, no, that's fan made. Is it fan made? It looks like legit. Yeah, the description I can't hear it says fan we're made. Talking, and I don't want to. I don't want to talk of you guys, but it looked like <laughs> it looked pretty legit. Well done, fan. You got me. Yeah, <laughs> got me. It's like those movie trailers. Yeah. You're looking for a movie trailer, and you they get hit with the fan trailers every freaking time. Yeah, this is Spider-Man like, Four. It's like Adam Driver is Star Fox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a Wes Anderson That's, directed film. Wes Craven. Yeah. Wes Craven film. Wes Craven. That's something to wonder, though. Like, it seems like every Nintendo platform generation, they leave one of their major IPs out, right? Yeah. It does it seem like Star Fox is the one getting left in the dust on the Switch? Is it kind of feels bother like putting us it, seem, it seems so weird to me because the Switch, which I have right here, seems like a perfect Star Fox like port. 
player. Right. Uh, to me, it feels like it yeah. would it would work really well on here, personally. So I don't know. I have I don't. There was a 3ds port of the of Star Fox 64, I believe. I think that did well. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. It's but there's some franchises that just, that just don't sell well. Like Metroid's another one where Metroid Dread even, which was really well received the other year. I think it only sold 7 million copies, which the Nintendo is, is peanuts. Right. So we're not likely to get another Metroid game for another, who knows how many years. Well, so they, Star they, Fox, they I just know the last couple released like, the prime stuff. So they're probably banking hope, on prime being a little more successful. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, but, hopefully prime, the remaster of prime sold. Well, I hope that happened. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I thought dread was, cool. I got my brother. <laughs> well, there is he Prime Four that's in development, but I don't know how long that's going to be. Like I, the rumor was that it got scrapped a couple times before restarting development again. Like it's been in the making for a while. They showed a Lego, Lego, a logo, a number of years ago. So that's eventually coming. Yeah, before the Switch was released, right? Like we're talking E three, twenty fifteen or something. I think is when they did that. Yeah. So. Because maybe another Star Fox game. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, we did get a little bit with like Nintendo's been partnering with Ubisoft more and more. Uh, the Mario versus Rabbids franchise that Opie, Ubisoft did, so they had Mario characters in it and Donkey Kong characters, and then they did have the cameo of Star Fox in their shooting game. So that might be in their head enough for now, at least until the Switch Two. Right? You'd think who, who you'd knows? think Star Fox also being present in Smash Brothers would be like, I mean, for Christ's sake, Bayonet is in. Is they just released Bayonetta three? Everybody is so, in Smash Brothers. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I mean, but there's yeah. Adam Driver. Smash, Adam Driver Adam is in Smash Brothers. Yeah, 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 in yeah. a Star Fox hoodie, <laughs> yeah. in a Wes Craven film, is in Smash Brothers. Or I've seen the, it. the Slippy the Frog that also doubles as a goblin glider <laughs> is also part of the Smash Brothers team. That's right. I've heard. I've heard that they're thinking of putting Sick Jake in. As the I first believe Canadian. It. and his yeah. his special attack will be the disliking of Dr. Pepper and the tuna casserole cheese smash. <laughs> Look, I'm again, I'm sorry you guys don't know good fine dining in Canada. Okay. It's not all poutine and beaver tails up here. Poutine like power cheese and other things too. <laughs> and it better be power what? Glove. Chicken gravy. It can't be anything else. Yeah. Look, don't don't fuck with poutine okay all right <laughs> leave okay. my chicken fries with the skin chicken gravy and squeaky cheese curds you don't fuck with success you don't put beef gravy on there you don't put the powdered shit bullshit. you don't put mozzarella cheese it's certain things with poutine this is this is serious business up here anyway well we went off tangent on food several times now if we don't go off tangent then we are not we're not press B to cancel. That's, that's, like, that's true. Is it, it's going back to the, the core concept of our episode here. Is it bad that my favorite Star Fox iteration is Star Fox Zero? As much frustration as it caused me? That's no, your favorite? Cool. I don't if it didn't have I, the mechanics, it'd be a great game, right? It's the only one I've beaten. Uh, you know, the traditional Star Fox game, I should say. Because like I said, I beat Adventures. Did it? Did it have any first or any uh, any non ship uh, like like adventures or whatever it was that had the ground? Uh, did it have or assault? Did, was it only ship combat or did it have a, a ground mechanism? 
That I don't know. I've not played in, Assault. In zero. I just in know zero. About it. No, no, no. Oh, in zero. in zero? Yeah, the Landmaster was in zero. The mech was in zero. It did the all range mode thing. It it did all that stuff. So um, it took everything that had appeared in Star Fox prior, including Star Fox 2, and mm. threw it all into another reboot of Star Fox 1 and was like, here you go. This is our Opus Magnum now. <laughs> right? And then- Magnum Opus, whatever you want to call it. But I like a magnet. I mean, maybe that's what it is. is maybe, <laughs> maybe the reason we keep getting retold the story is that they are looking for the technology to catch up to where they want the story to be. Right? <laughs> are you saying They're this is like James Cameron up. and it's Avatar? Remaster. Yeah. It, it might be, just, or 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 it's Star the Wars, of the when, remaster, the re-release of the remaster, or Star Wars. James, when Ken- Lucas James Cameron, to, Star you know, Fox needs yeah. technology of the Unreal Five. And 3D cameras before we can develop the true cinematic experience that we all deserve. You should yeah. put that in an AI picture, James Cameron's Star Fox or Michael Bay's Star, Star Fox, and it'll literally just be explosions. <laughs> Jeff Bay's Star accurately Fox is all points blue and green. out. Jeff accurately points out that uh, Star Fox Zero also had the gyrocopter. I had forgotten about that entirely. <laughs> so it the gyrocopter it threw. For so many ideas at you and none of them felt out of place. Like going from one vehicle to the next didn't ever feel cumbersome. It was just like, all right, this is how this level is, you know? Um, Cause I know sometimes when I would play star Fox 64, you get to the landmaster section and it's like, well, this is frustrating. You've got a jet. Why am I on the ground? Mm. <laughs> and I know they, they plot a, explained that away, but it was still frustrating. Right. The air's yeah. too but heavy for Fox flight. Zero. We need to walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. We're out but of jet fuel. We only have land fuel. We're running to the gas station. <laughs> and and I felt like the boss fights in Zero were interesting and applied new ideas that I hadn't seen in Star Fox f- before in some cases. So it was it was a solid game. I just I would like to see it not so hindered by two screens. I wonder how it plays in and emulators today because the Wii U emulators are pretty pretty robust and you can do the two screen thing on, on one display. I'm wondering how that works. I actually kind of want to go back and play it now because I love the N64 Star Fox. The Super Nintendo one I, I look it's no Elden Ring but I put 90 minutes into that son of a bitch and I think I'm qualified to talk about Super Nintendo Star Fox and I think it's terrible. I just don't like it. But the N64 version is one of my favorite games in the console. It might even be a top three on the N64. Actually, probably is. Uh, just, the, just the controls and the music and the atmosphere. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I saw Zero, and I was going to buy it. But the motion controls and the bad reviews is what scared me off. But if there's a way to do it today and not have that as be much of a headache, I'd be all over it. Because I'd love the Star Fox lore. I think it's cool. I'd love to see how they did it again and expanded it. You got to read the item descriptions to really get into the Star Fox lore. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real story of of Peppy Hare and his, his gritty origin is found in the manga, but That's maybe correct. they'll realize it in James Cameron's port. No, I, I think... wonder. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just gonna. I was just gonna touch on the the Super Nintendo version. I really think. I really think at the time it was an innovative game. I think it actually was a very good game at the time. The problem is, is, you know, you take off the nostalgia glasses and in a, in a world of today, the game is clunky. It is clunky. Yeah. Oh, it is. 
certainly yeah. is. But we don't play it because we're like, this thing runs so good. You play it because you remember having fun playing it. Like I didn't oh, fire it up. Seven. Like I totally remember running this at twenty nine point nine frames per second. This is this is <laughs> fucking great. This is so goddamn smooth. I you didn't have a shooter like that that I could recall that was that popular. And you're adding the polygons and the ships, and you can knock your wing off, and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it at that time. That's why you put it on. If you want to play a good Star Fox game, you put on Star Fox 64 and you enjoy the hell out of that. You, you don't remember sitting in front of your CRT TV going, holy shit, we reached 17 frames per second. Let's go. You know, we're killing it. I was timing it. I was clocking it. You could track with your eyes, you know, 15 frames. <laughs> you could. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Back in my day, I played Zelda on a black and white TV. So I think I know a thing or two about technology. Okay. So I noticed the 15 frames per second. Right. I, but you're right, though. There is very few games that were doing what Star Fox did on console. I can't even think of one, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was all on PC, right? Like TIE Fighter, oh, like yeah. Star said, or um, Freelancer later on. That's the game I think of when I think of space shooters. Well, very few honestly, on console. Honestly, I remember playing because I, I played I played X-Wing. I played X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. I played the whole series. Um, and I mean, yeah, it was, it performed better, but you know what? Back then we still were like, Hey, look, 20 frames. I didn't even note 20 frames. I was just like, this is playable and I could shoot, you know, X-Wings down or TIE Fighters. Right. Down. This is great. Through the, yeah. the explosions of the X-Wings blown up and their little pieces like flipping through space. Yeah. That was the coolest thing ever. I guarantee if I jumped on that right now, I'd be like, Oh my God, man, I was easily entertained. Holy now you know what holds up. <laughs> you know what does hold up is is uh, find an emulator and play the uh, uh, arcade version of Star Wars with oh, the vector hell yeah. graphics. Hell oh, yeah, that yeah. game's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's cool. With the controls yeah. that were like gunk gunk. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Arcade Buff makes a uh, mini cab with that. That's pretty awesome. That's cool. Okay. Hmm. Um, oh, Jeff's keeping us task. We did not discuss music in these games. Ah, you know, yes. I know. Who that, mentioned Sinistar? Sinistar, you mentioned I, the boss music? Yeah. There is. It's one of those. It's one of those sounds. You know, you, you, you see an image and you hear a sound, right? And to me, yeah. like, if you go look at this, if you go look at the, the Star Fox page uh, on, on Wikipedia, um, you know, the original, the first Star Fox, it has, it has one of the, you know, kind of the mini boss battles or whatever. And I remember that, like, just the chords, the dun dun, you know, coming in, and it's just ah, epic, epic, epically good. Was that in the SNES game? I'm trying. I don't it was. think so. Was it? I have to go back and listen to that again. Even I'm into the boss the music. <laughs> the music of the first stage, Corneria, like yeah, it's <laughs> unfortunately the original game chugs so much that the music gets you so hyped, and then the game's like, I'm gonna go about. You know, three quarters that speed, maybe half. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> Shit, this this uh, boss music, the final boss music's got but, this really high paced like organ. It's really like you're. Yeah. I can I can already feel myself grabbing the controller. My hands starting to sweat as I'm taking on Andros. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely got that that appeal to it. That oh, that high stress intensity. We're gonna kill this thing, <sighs> kind of thing. Hearing the noise That's, and waiting for like the the port to open so you could shoot like the you know the glowy bit mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just yeah oh uh-huh. yes the sound effects were amazing in Star Fox I remember that now that you say it I can hear it in my head <laughs> as the, the flaps open up <laughs> yep that's awesome but like that's yeah. 
one of the good things that Star Fox had going for it, like it was a, I talk shit on the reboot thing, but with each reboot, they have improved on so much. Like they already had strong music to work with on Super Nintendo. Then they ported it to N64 and the music quality got bumped up and then they get it on Wii U and the music quality again shot to the moon, you know, and it's like, does it have that same feel? Does it have that same feel yes. as like the Super Nintendo? It still feels, it still feels like Star Fox music, and it okay. still gets you in the mood for the stage. Like it, it nails it. And you know, with each new iteration of this game, the gameplay more matches the pace of the music and the feel of the music because the technology is there. So it's it's quite nice. Like. I will say on the N64 game, I was super frustrated that I kept crashing into the hills, like the yeah. little foothills, and taking damage. It's like, ah, it's frustrating. But I was also playing on the Switch on the emulator. And so, mm. you know, I'm not playing with the proper controls. So I'm like struggling. How do I do a bear? How do I do a flip? How do I, or a, a loop? Well, or whatever, you know, and 64 emulation, especially on something like this, like the Switch is, is, is not great. Um, it's actually not bad. Yeah, ran pretty well on there. Okay. Like when it got announced for the Switch uh, emulation, uh, I actually that was one of the the, one of the few games I was excited to play on the Switch expansion pass was Star Fox. Mm -hmm. I spun it up and showed my kids. My kids had no interest in it, (laughs) none. But I I ran through it in one run, and it was a fantastic time. I I loved it. I I think it's a really good version. Yeah, I always remember the music being on point for sure. Absolutely. Music was, was on point for sure. Um, as so many, as so many Nintendo games have always had, the music is on point, right? I mean, they, yeah, uh, there are a couple studios that I think of when I think of music, you know, Sierra games back in the day where they hired actual composers to come in and do. And then of course, you know, uh, the Nintendo juggernaut of sound, right? Right. So yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, Um, it's it's worth mentioning that uh, it's not the usual composer from Nintendo who did the Star Fox soundtrack. Okay. Well, damn. Right? You know, we've got Koji well, Kondo who does like three quarters of their their library, but Hajime Hirasawa did the Star mm. Fox music. Okay. I mean, and he's on pace. He's on par to sound just like all the other composers. I mean, I don't want to say like it's carbon copy, but. I you can't I can't tell the difference between that to like F Zero. I mean, they sound their styling is so similar between the two. It's just it's a perfect pairing. <clears throat> it I mean, it sounds like the sound font from the Mega Man X games used in mm-hmm. Star Fox, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it 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 helps with that feel of getting things fast and frenetic and upbeat. And right, and I I love that. Everything's got some kind of, it's like a, it's got a lot of timpani, like drums feel to it. So you feel like you're at mm -hmm. war, like you're going into, you're going into battle, you're going in to do the stuff. And it, you, it makes you feel that, you know, like you said, the first level of Karina or whatever. How do you, however you pronounce that? Corneria. Yeah. Corneria. It's got like the fucking, the timpani drum beat. And you feel like you're marching in as you fly into the, uh, the area to start fighting off. It's, it's cool. Jeff, Jeff does point out that there was one, portion that did have synthesized uh vocal voice which is the emergency emergency all fights all fighters scramble on the snes which i don't well, know that and, uh, good luck yeah. good luck right yeah good yeah. Luck. yeah what other <laughs> games had what other games had digitized voice like that at the time I at least on the, uh, at well least on there's the, one on that the came much earlier on the nes 
Double okay. dribble. Yeah. That's true. What about the singing in Final Fantasy VI? Go, 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 go. Go, go, go. No. I mean, that's... that doesn't sound like digitized voice to me. <laughs> I, uh, you it know, is I funny to be like, the Little Mermaid. I love digitized voice. It's where I, I mean, the reason I picked the name Sinistar is because I remember walking into an arcade as a very young child and hearing. I am Sinistar, you know, I mean, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So digitized voice was really more of a thing in, uh, fighting games at this time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I do, I was gonna say, I do like the voices in the N64 version to, in some capacity, because it's something that Nintendo kind of gave up on in a lot of their games, even now on the switch. Like one of the cr- critiques on the recent yeah. Pokemon games is there's no bloody voice acting whatsoever. And like even Breath of the Wild, there's some in some of the memories and stuff, but it's very little voice dialogue. They don't want to hire chatters. Yeah. And yeah. What yeah. around that same time you have Mario 64, which is all text boxes, and then just right. the ah, woo-hoo! you know. <laughs> and then you got uh what was it? I know rare is its own development studio but rare did banjo kazooie and they were Mm. under nintendo at the time i believe Mm -hmm. and i think so man the (laughs) they were kind of offensive in banjo kazooie in some ways (laughs) i don't know if you guys remember no some of them are really dude in the turban oh my oh dear (laughs) yes oh Mm -hmm. wow yeah. Is, it a, is, it a, is it a situation like a Cure song that hasn't aged well at all? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Fair. It was like yeah. it's it's not yeah. voice acting; it's just vocal tones happening uh, in succession yeah. rapidly, and it sounds bad. It's not. Yeah. It's not a it, good look. It comes across like Team America: World Police, maybe a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, kind of. Right, like yeah. <laughs> so. Banjo-Kazooie making the Team America sounds, and then Star Fox looking like Team America. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I actually always thought that was pretty cool, the way they were using the weird, ugly puppets for the Star Fox advertising. I loved that. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. All right, guys. Any other final thoughts on Star Fox before we get to our top 100 business? I would... I would love to see I would love to see a new Star Fox game, maybe with some additional story. <laughs> like a new story, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm spitting that out there. If Just we get a reboot, can plot. it be a reboot plus extra story, maybe? Like a <laughs> like after the fact? <laughs> like Star the Fox after years, but good? Right. <laughs> yeah, Star Fox Zero guide in. <laughs> There you go. Do what the Kingdom Hearts does. <clears throat> All right. So have we well, given you guys enough time to come up with your top 100? Yes. No, I'm still looking. Somebody's going to have to go before me. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got I love mine, how Jake's so like, don't forget. To, we got to get to our 100 and then points at me and then doesn't even have his ready. <laughs> I had a couple in my head and I forgot them, though. Sister, you, you start us off. So right. again, so people who are yeah. new to our, our podcast... We are assembling a, a top 100 list of games you need to play, according to Press B. Uh, we're going to do a future episode where we rank them, but for now, we're just every episode proposing a couple to add to that top 100 list in no particular order right now. So, Sinistar, what do you got? Well, 
Uh, I think I'm joining GP a little bit. I'm going to call this a sport game. Duck Hunt. Hmm. Okay. We yeah. all know Duck Just Hunt. Just shooting. That's, um, a, that's a sport. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the reason that I bring it up is because, I mean, when you think, when you honestly think of, you know, light gun games, what do you think of? You think of Duck Hunt. You may think of a few other games, but really you think of Duck Hunt, right? Right. And so... Uh, and I really have to be careful how I pronounce that anyway. Um, it's led to, it's led to a very fantastic horror VR game that's modern today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it, the, the dog is, is like, uh, very memorable, right? The, the giggle as he's like picking up the ducks and, <laughs> or, or as you miss, or as you miss the birds or whatever, you know, um, he's laughing at you. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and I mean, as far as accessibility goes, there's no need for a manual for that game. None. You walk into that game, you pull the trigger, you're playing the game. You know. Um, right. So yeah, Duck Hunt, I think for me belongs on the top 100. That's fair. Good choice. Good I can go next if you guys aren't prepped. Sure. Go yes, for please. It. Yes, please. All right, I'll try and drag this out. <laughs> Jake will probably not appreciate this selection that I'm going to make because, well, he's still playing it. But I'm going to go with Battletoads. Yes, I'm going with Battletoads for our top 100. When we think of highly difficult games that we play through the, the NES, and when we think NES hard, NES hard, what do we think of? We always think of things like Battletoads, Ninja Gaiden, things along those lines. Battletoads is an extremely popular platforming fighter game that is impossible when you first start it up. But it is one of those games that makes you get better over time just by playing it incessantly and repeatedly. And it's it's climbing the mountain. It is it is literally when you when you finish Battletoads it's like all your rocky training has finally paid off and you beat you beat you beat the fighter. You beat Apollo Creed in the, in the ring. You know you you finally did it. And and there's a montage and there's a whole nine yards. I, I gotta go with Battletoads just because it is it's synonymous with NES hard and synonymous with with retro going back and and getting your retro roots. And even at an even no matter how good you are at any platform or anything, Battletoads will still hang you up because there's so much more to it than just platforming. There's the there's the bikes, the rank, the racing, the stupid pizza cutters, you know, clinger winger, the, the and and the first like because it was one of the last games that was made for the NAS, if I'm not mistaken. So they really kind of went all out. Ninety one, I think. Yeah, it yeah, was late. They they went all out on making the rotating tower for the Dark Queen's tower at the very end and all the kind of visual stuff that you don't really think about, especially now, of what they had back then. It was it's pretty impressive if you really think about it. So yeah. I am definitely going to go and put Battletoads on our list. I want to point out, it also belongs in a genre that's very rarely talked about. I mean, it is talked about, but it is very rarely talked about. And that is the rental defeat market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, this was there, there were a handful of games that Nintendo basically was like, Hey, we got to have games that these people can't beat in a weekend. Right. Right. And that definitely was up there. And the ironic thing was that even as kids, we still rented it. 
no matter how much it punched you in the face, you still went and got it the next weekend because you're like, I'm going to make it farther. And you never make it past the damn turbo tunnels because you were never you were never that. I was never that coordinated until I was right. 39 years old and then somehow got my coordination. So, yeah, no, I agree. Again, again, we like the same games. I actually think Battletoads is a fantastic game. I love Battletoads. I can't fucking stand it, but I like the game. I think it's a fantastic game. I just hope I can beat it before the year is out. I'm still trying. But I think you're right for everything you said. Like the graphics, the music, that pause music. It's probably the <laughs> the only game Jesus. that has jam and pause music. It is not a song. It is percussion. It's all it is. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. I, I, so. I want to point out Princess Lazy was playing it on her stream and she kept pausing over and over and over and over again. And 50, her husband comes into chat and literally types in clap, 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 clap in the in the exact <laughs> like quantity and spacing of that percussion. Did she get to cling her winger and do great. the pause, the pause trick? Because that's yes, what it does. Oh my god, I hate that goddamn song. Uh, it's a great game, and if you want an easier version of it, the PAL version is easier. And also the Genesis version is also quite a bit easier. You get more lives. There's certain things that have been taken away to make it a little bit simpler to play through. So if you don't want the challenge of the NES version, there are other ways to play the game and still get the Battletoads experience. But it's do you great. really play Battletoads if you're not angry by the end of the first level? Yeah, I'm, I'm angry in that stupid ice level. Have I'm we really there. played Battletoads? Um, <laughs> I don't know about Battletoads in Canada. I'm not sure. Okay. I love that song. It's such a trolley goddamn song. All right. It's great. <laughs> All right. So my pick is I narrowed down the two. I'm gonna go with Goldeneye. Uh, we mentioned mm. uh, Wolf mentioned multiplayer with Star Fox. When I think N64 multiplayer, it's gotta be Goldeneye. I mean the console oh, had yeah, four yeah, yeah. controller parts built into it. Goldeneye is the one I remember the most fun with my friends, and you remind me of that. I love Goldeneye. It's one of my first experiences with first-person shooters. I didn't get PC till late in my life. And it was just a taste of that multiplayer online shooter, even if you could see what everybody's screen had. But from slappers only to proximity mines, it was so or damn golden, good. And, this, and the single guns. player was fun even. Like, it was good. Yeah. Golden guns, we proximity to, mines. Yeah, I went yeah. to a high school that was known for its future Farmers of America department. So we had a whole thing for cowboys and whatever and and when we'd pick up the six shooter and we play that my friends would always go cowboy up <laughs> pick it up so that's been a running joke with with my my circle of friends back at home whenever we play it we'd be like get the six shooter cowboy up and then go after i played that i played that so much with two friends i was living at a friend's house at the time and and every time it would start that dan 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 my one of my friends made up some really horrible lyrics to it that I hear in my head and I'm not repeating. <laughs> so now I every like... time I watch a James Bond movie, I hear those words. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> I would like to point out that if you were playing Goldeneye on N64 in four players, you were each getting less resolution than a Game Boy screen. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you had locational reaction by the enemies you were fighting. You'd shoot I just, them in the I think that's something start, people they, don't think about. You know, over. it was cool. It was a cool concept. You were it the, the resolution of the game 
was 360 by 237. So you cut those in half. Yep. The Game Boy was 160 by 144, which is more than the 160 by 218 you might Game get. Game Boy was impressive in its past, man. I mean, it wasn't a backlit oh, yeah. screen, but man, they could do some cool shit with just that green and black lines on there. It was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, we should. I just think that's funny. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, Wolf, Good what choice. do you got? I have missed. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. okay. Mist was one of those games. Game, yeah. Which system? Which system? Uh, PC? We're going to go with PC, but it was on everything. Right? right? right. Yeah. Like, it was on Blue. PC. It was on PlayStation. It was on Saturn. Was it on uh, N64? I don't think so, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I think it was on like 3DO and everything else. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Mist yeah. has basically been on everything. And yep. it got a. From what I understand, a full 3D remake not too long ago. It did. Yes, it but did. there's yeah. a remaster. It's got like over half a dozen sequels. It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was this ma- at Does the it? time. It was yeah, yeah. Raven yeah. something. I think is the yeah Raven and uh, Raven. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, and then Riven. Yeah. Riven. that was the That's second Riven. Riven. Uru, Riven. But then right, there's Raven, just, Raven. there's been like Mist Exile. There's a bunch of them now. Yeah. Well, um, and the guys the guys got back together again recently and made. Anyway, go ahead. But uh, Mist was one of those sort of social phenomena that mm-hmm. everybody jumped into. Like my family members who were not gamers were having like they they spent months playing this game, filling notepads. Right. Right. To, right. to complete this game. And, and that's this game just gave wild you to me. zero data. This game yep. gave you like yep. literally like I pressed a button. What the fuck? Get your graph mean? paper out and start drawing <laughs> maps because that's what you're doing but for then, the next two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but then it had like multiple endings based on how much you yeah. did and who you went mm-hmm. with and, you know, whether you decided to, you know, say screw both of them right. and go with another option that was not really obvious. Like it, it, it was a pretty cool game. It took you yeah. to interesting, pretty locations. They were all pre-rendered, but at right. the time, it was pretty. It was, and well, that was that was one of the impressive things. Was they talked about? I remember when this came out, uh, and I don't remember the quantity, but I remember when it came out. They talked about the amount of hours that they spent pre-rendering these, and then making making the FMV portions for when you're moving. Mm-hmm in the pre-render. Right. And I remember it was some odd, you know, ridiculous thousands of hours of rendered content, right. Of pre-rendered content. Anyway, they were scrappy about stuff too, though. Like let's talk about some of the sound effects in this game, because here's a story. I don't think a ton of people know, and I think it's hilarious. So you'd go into an area where they needed bubble sounds, right? The Mm -hmm. sound of liquid Mm -hmm. bubbling. They literally went into their bathroom at the office and stuck a straw in the toilet and blew bubbles in it and recorded that sound. So when you hear bubbles in mist, it's somebody blowing bubbles in a toilet. It's toilet water. <laughs> like they were scrappy and they got creative the and it's amazing. Fuck, I love fuck it. Filling up the sink. We're going to do it in the toilet. Yeah. It seems yeah. it's just faster. Mean, it's more efficient. <laughs> that's some Canadian jargon. Okay. <laughs> efficient. That's like putting cheese. Yes. You wouldn't that's know like what efficiency down on. there with your no cheese tuna casserole. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah. Now, the, the sad part of this is that I've never beaten Mist. I've never been able to. Yeah, me. Either. I didn't have it on PC. I had it on the Saturn. Okay. And 
I have tried multiple copies on the Saturn, and each one has frozen on me at some point. Oh, okay. the di- like the same disc will always freeze at the same point. Different discs will always freeze at their respective points for some reason. I don't know if I've just had really bad luck with this game or if pretty much every version of it for Saturn just doesn't work all the way. Bad pressing. That's always been my experience, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So I never got to beat it, but I bought it on Saturn hoping to play through it because I didn't have a PC. I had a Saturn. So I was like, mm. yeah, I want to play this game. This is everybody's mm. loving it. And I loved what I would, was capable of playing, but I was never able to beat it. And right. now I just feel so Saturn? defeated by it. Just What's that? the one, I believe. Well, it's just the one. That's impressive that it was on the Saturn, to be honest with you. Because Mist is a I couldn't quite a beat it because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I didn't By the way, there, there is a... Yep, there, just one disc. Yeah, there's that's, that's kind of a... Interesting. There's kind of a spiritual successor to Mist. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I watched somebody play it. Um, it's recent. Hang on. Let me see if I can figure out. Oh, um... Shit! It's, I think another game. The, the guy who did Braid, Jonathan Blow's it's, game. It's a, it's it's a th- no, it's a 3D game. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I always like. I'm going to say the Messenger, but it's not the Messenger. It's it's something like that. Oh, you're thinking of uh, oh, there's a game that makes fun of the concept called The Looker. Um, no, no, no. I'm I'm. It's it's not that one either. Hang on. The witness. The witness. That's yeah, what the looker yes. is the one that makes okay. fun of the witness is what I was saying. Okay. Yeah. The witness yeah. is a brilliant game that I'm too stupid to beat. I, well, that, right, that, me was, too. that was missed. That's missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but, missed. <laughs> like, yeah. The idea was of this mysterious of island too. and puzzles yeah. and just the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah the witness is. Hey, it's it. it is on sale on Steam. The uh, the remaster is uh, for 30 bucks. You can actually get the buy mist through the ages bundle for forty eight dollars yeah. right now. Yep. Well, so we get I just armor. got Tears of the Don't Sue Me Nintendo, so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be busy for a while. Tears if Nintendo we've, hears yeah. you. We've talked the an Zelda entire, cry rule. We've talked an entire Nintendo episode, so don't sue us, Nintendo. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Download this now before it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get canceled by Nintendo. Yeah. All Press right. So we'll wrap Nintendo. it up real quick. I mean, uh, let's go around the table and shout your, your channel if you want to, or whatever you're playing. If you just want to shout out what you're playing currently or working on. Well, come on. Shut up. <laughs> yes, I'm working at Bell Toads, okay? <laughs> no, I thought you, but you, I, you stuttered there for a second. It sounds like it's going to say shout out whatever you're doing stupid. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what came out of my brain. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, man!" You think so little of me, Jared. Whatever stupid shit. You get along so well. (laughs) All right, I'll start with me. I haven't been doing much project-wise. I've mostly been playing Tears of the Dotsumi. That game is fantastic. Mm. As much as Nintendo's being a dick right now, that Zelda game is damn good. I'm. I think it might be my favorite Zelda game of all time, and that's that's hard for Mm. me to say because I love Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, but it's so much better than Breath of the Wild was. It's fantastic. And I've also been working at Belltoad. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, Wolf, how about you? What have you been playing? Um, oh, man. I've I've actually been playing through Resident Evil 5 with a buddy of mine. And okay. it's his first time playing it. So we're having fun. Nice. And going to be playing through 6 after that. I've been warned it's awful. I don't care. We're probably going to play it. 
Resident <laughs> Evil multiplayer is still like hard for me to wrap my brain around. I never paid, played past Code Veronica in three, so that's interesting. I have to look that up. Five is it's an action game. It's not a great Resident yeah. Evil, but it is an absolute blast of a game to play, especially two player. Highly recommend. Awesome. Mm. All right. And Sinistar, how about you? What have you been working on or playing? Uh, so I kicked off um, a game I'd been waiting seven years for since I had backed it on <laughs> Kickstarter. The System Shock remake. Uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. In particular, that uh, that cyberspace bit was a blast. I'm looking forward to more it of it. really fun. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and yeah, it did. And honestly, I think, you know, to an earlier episode having seven years of development, the thing ran incredibly well. It didn't, it wasn't buggy. It wasn't, you know, I mean, anyway, uh, the other thing is, uh, I should be back on Monday for more Chrono Trigger and I will not be adding powdered cheese flavoring to my tuna casserole. You don't add to the tuna casserole. You make the craft dinner and then you mix in the tuna and the peas. Anyway, Chard, what about you? What have you been playing? You've been playing everything lately. I have been, yeah, I've been gone off the rails. Uh, <clears throat> we've been very... Yeah, you're beating games, though. That's true. We're, we're very current. We just finished yeah. up the main story in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and we're in the uh, the epilogue uh, stuff at the end how, of it. So that, how, that was a good... How disappointing was that ending? I There might be more to it, but I figured something yeah. like that would happen, but no spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. Um, we are also at the end, towards the end of Resident Evil Remake for... Um, for PC, so we're going to check that out. And then I might be messing around with Sekiro, but I will be gone for probably about two to three weeks going on vacation. So I got a lot to catch up on, but when I get back, Final Fantasy 16, I'm looking at you. So that's what will be... Uh, oh, is that going to be out? Uh, the 22nd, yeah. June 22nd yes. is its hmm. release date. So yeah, very soon. I will be back on the 20th though. and promptly picking that up as, as soon as that Thursday rolls around. It's also my father's birthday. 12 and 15. So happy birthday to me. <laughs> Yay. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, if you enjoy this episode, please hit like and subscribe on YouTube or leave us a review. Reviews are free on your podcast apps. You can check us out at pressbeatycancel.com. We have a link to our Discord. Come join us. Otherwise, check out our socials, please. Otherwise, yeah, I hope everybody has a fantastic week. We are Pressbeaty Cancel. Welcome to Corneria. I like swords. Good luck. flavoring okay tell me what's in wait he says this after he hits record yeah what is it what is in tuna casserole you tell me what's in tuna casserole noodles and tuna and and hey he's peas belong in that but you add that gross you add that cheese flavoring to it and i'm sorry but that is that is garbage disposal fuel
tuna casserole, you put cheese in it. You put fucking cheddar cheese. Put, it's no, amazing. I've never had. Don't no. put cheese on tuna. What the fuck is going on right now? <sighs> on a tuna casserole, you don't put cheese on top of tuna I casserole. I don't eat no. tuna casserole because tuna is well, gross. That's especially that's your first tuna. problem. But, I'm not, it's but, not my fault you don't live next but, to the coast. But tuna tuna but, casserole with cheese on top is what I how don't I live next to the coast. I have an ocean outside my house. <laughs> what do you mean I live next to the fucking coast? I don't know where you live. <laughs> you know exactly where I live. I live on an island. You got a hockey team. You don't have a boating team. I don't know. Okay. We do have a boating you guys team. It's called Seafair. You don't like tuna casserole. Wolf, do you eat tuna casserole? I have never had tuna casserole with cheese. I have genuinely never had tuna casserole with cheese. Then what do you put in it? Tuna and noodles and peas. Peas are fine in tuna casserole. But what with the noodles? The tuna. So you just like just dry ass noodles, tuna, and then like peas. Well, usually tuna gets like mayonnaise and other shit mixed in it. Well, no, you cook oh. the noodles. You cook the noodles. Yeah, I put a bag of noodles uncooked in my tuna casserole so it's crunchy. <laughs> yeah. And I put yeah, fucking I'm crackers on top do of you, it. Do you have cooked noodles in Canada? Do you cook yeah, your we do. We have the thing called it? boiled water, which I'm sorry you guys have this dry pasta down there. But what do you put in it? You don't put like soup. Like, I don't understand how you don't they put have cheese bag, in they your have fucking bag tuna water casserole. In you know, maybe, I, I've never made my own. And so maybe, maybe it's cream of mushroom or something in there. But okay. it's not cheese. And it's especially not powdered cheese flavoring. Okay. But cream mushroom soup goes amazingly well with tuna. Or sorry, I'm with not cream mushrooms goes it's amazingly well with cheese. You combine those two; they're amazing. What's close to cheese? But craft dinner. I mean, it's cheese adjacent. I know it's not real cheese, but it's cheese but you adjacent. Had, you had tuna, and you've lost me. Ugh. You monster! Next time you make tuna casserole, no. put fucking you do it with craft dinner instead, or put cheddar cheese in your tuna casserole. It, it'll change your life. No, I also don't use the the little little hollow noodles. I use. I use like egg noodles for tuna casserole, like yeah. the flat, like wavy oh, ones. Gross. No, those get too soggy. Sinistar. Oh, It'll dude, change you your life noodles. and make it sad. <laughs> I'm telling well, that's you, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> you know look, what? I'm too up... happy in this life. <laughs> Give me tuna casserole with craft macaroni and cheese. Give me your craft macaroni and cheese and tuna fucking peas. <laughs> Look, I grew up poor, so we had to spice up the craft dinner, and that's how we that's how we used to do it. Just tuna, fucking amazing Jeez. with anything. Peas, Jeez. so you have a vegetable. And it's got cheesy noodles. What else do you need? The more I learn about you, Jake, the more it makes sense. That I love you. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, like all, all of this love for weird shit just it just adds it's up. not weird. It's kind of weird. It's, it's, you know what's it's weird? Weird. We get, the top. That's Wolf, what's fucking weird. Wolf, have you ever considered yeah. putting cheese on your tuna casserole? No, but I also don't much care for tuna. Same. Same. But I also, if it were push come to shove, and my mother gave me a tuna fish sandwich, I would not say, yo, can I get some sharp cheddar on that bitch? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> the filet of fucking fish has cheese on it. <laughs> uh, how much filet of fish do i eat well i don't know some people do. and it's cod not tuna 
Nine times it's out of ten, if it's, it's a fillet of fish, it's a cod, not a tuna. Okay, look, we don't want to go back into craft dinner and how to make it better when you're poor. I'm just going to say for those watching Bro. live now, craft dinner, vomit, add tuna, add peas, and you got a dinner. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. It's a Canadian favorite. It's garbage it's disposal oh, fuel. Look, you're it's the country that puts freaking chips and crackers on top of casserole. Don't tell me about garbage, okay? Look, it's I, 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 yeah, I enjoy my cornflakes on top of potatoes, sir. Cornflakes? <laughs> yeah. Yes. What's wrong with you? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Cornflakes <laughs> on top of homemade yeah. mac and cheese. Or au gratin potatoes. Popular. Or au gratin potatoes. That too. That too. Yeah. Why are you Hell mixing yeah. breakfast cereals with dinner? That's gross. No. Uh, you S guys Sinstress, are. You guys think I'm Sinstress, crazy. He. Imagine tuna casserole. It's barbecue with sauce the powdered cheese flavoring. Fixed. Done. And I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Okay. Are you telling me? We're going to get into it. Tuna casserole. <laughs> who the hell does not put cheese on their tuna casserole? Everybody does that. Everybody puts cheese on the tuna casserole. You guys are nuts. I don't get this. Is like you'll put chips and cornflakes, but you won't put cheese on tuna casserole. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's insanity, <laughs> is what it is. Anyway, oh, I don't have well, YouTube chat open right now, but if I did, I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of people agreeing with me that cheese well, and tuna casserole is an amazing thing. We hit our first the, tangent before we even got into the into the into the episode. Yeah. It's great. I have to cut this out of and post. <laughs>